Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Debbie Gunson, your presenter, and you're listening to the CPT Cycling on the Rivets podcast. Let's go. I'll be asking questions to coach Richard Rollinson, who is the founder of CPT Cycling. He is a former UCI level racer and has coached multiple national champions. We will be discussing various topics in the world of cycle coaching to help you become a faster, smarter cyclist. Hi everyone. So many questions here with power. So we'll talk, we'll ask Richard the first question. Um, Why is it so important to choose the right power meter? Hi everyone. Yeah, why is it so important to choose the right power meter? Um, So yeah, some of you might know a few more bits of the the technicalities of the power meter than others. Uh, If you're looking at buying a power meter for the very first time, first of all, don't be tempted by the lower prices um, if it if it does look too cheap. Uh, there's probably a reason for that. If it, if it looks too good to be true, it normally is. Uh, so, yeah, generally, generally you get what you pay for with a power meter. So, yeah, absolute number one priority when buying a power meter is, is accuracy. Um, if you're new to the world of power meter, meters, or even if you're not, you might be asking the question to yourself, how do you know if it's accurate or not? So that's what we're going to dive into uh, in this, mainly in this podcast and go over a few more other things as well. Yeah, um, just looking at this in terms of what, when I'm looking at power, what, what's the most important thing? It, it's measuring performance. That, that's the most important thing. Uh, coming back to coaching, tracking what you've done and using that in order to plan the next steps in a training plan uh, and really customizing the, the your power your planned power outputs is that that in a nutshell they're, they're the most important things in terms of uh, a coaching perspective um, and an athlete performance perspective as to uh, the, the most useful things to get out of a power meter so how does that increase your um, performance with having a power meter as you know from if you've not got a power meter, you know, there's other ways of measuring performance, uh, such as heart rate. Uh, but the reason why power meters are are the most accurate way of measuring cycling performance uh, in, to increase your cycling performance um, comes down to what is your relevant intensity. So you wouldn't know that from just a heart rate alone or anything else. You just wouldn't. Uh, so you can you can train on feel. Yes, you can do that. Um, but what the power meter enables the, the coach to do is get a feeling for where you're at based off what you've done and use that to set the future performances rather than it just purely being uh, the athlete going on feel alone within one workout. So... That, and that's that's perfectly possible within one workout. But what that tends to do is that actually changes the aims of that workout as you're going. So uh, you, you could be using totally different energy systems, for example. Um, and then, yeah, what, once we've got the, the, the power data is, firstly, is, is most useful within a ride. 
uh, to complete planned intervals. But before we get to that point, that's not the start point. The start point is firstly the demands of the event, which we've um, we, which we've covered in other blogs and, and podcasts. So that that is one area, and then it's looking at the 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 individual physiology of the rider and and the coach from previously uploaded workouts can get a feel for that and then prescribe to to the rider based off what they've done recently what is a sub maximal ftp interval what does that actually look like what power is that for that rider at what duration and the power and the duration are are equally as important as each other they're 50 50 uh, so what yeah um what for so what energy system are we targeting firstly uh yeah is that is that ftp is it uh vo2 max is it sprint is it something longer and then what do we what do we want to aim out of that workout do we want to go fully maximal do we want to try and increase the performance do we want to try and extend that same power but for a longer duration go extensively or do we want to go sub-maximal? And the aim of, of that would be to get used to, um, in a more sustained way over, over many weeks, get used to a certain energy system and, and go just underneath your max with the aim of, of that in the long term for then when you next go maximal, improving that, that maximum power for that particular duration. So that, yeah, that that. That is how we increase performance based off what we're measuring and how that influences what we then plan. So that's that, that, that the accuracy is really important to tracking your performance then. Yeah. So if your power meter is measuring inaccurately, whether that's under-reporting or over-reporting, that has a that has a massive bearing on uh yeah, what what are the targets? So how will you know if it's under or over? There, uh, a lot of the time, um, I won't know. Um, we can have our suspicions. Um, different power meters have different characteristics. There are certain brands and models of power meter uh, that I've had experience with many athletes. Uh, some some I might be new to, but most most of the power meters out there I, I've had plenty of experience with and I can... I know where certain power meters are more accurate than others. If we actually test if a power meter is accurate or not, that does depend really key to athlete feedback, a, a description or, a, or a, a relative perceived exertion score from the athlete of, okay, this, this feels way higher than, a way higher number than I thought it would compared to my, my effort or the other way around. Yeah. So that, that, that would... I would need that from the athlete in order to flag that up. From there... And most people are going to say how they're feeling because the numbers are really important. Yeah, I mean, that that will be... I mean, so, there are certain days where, you know, you, you've not got particularly good form or you're sick where you're looking at that power number and you're going, I think my power meter's broken. And then you, you, you think about it and you go, actually, no, my legs are broken. <laughs> I'm broken. Do you know that feeling? I surely know that feeling. Um, so yeah, that that you can kind of relate that back to yourself within a workout. But when it it is a totally different feeling if if the power meter really is under or over reporting, uh, it it feels way more off than that. So yeah, that that initial feedback from the athlete is then key. So 
from that, if the um, if the rider has another power meter available, say for instance, if they have a crank or pedal based power meter, and then they have an indoor smart trainer uh, which has an inbuilt power meter on it, um, and then we've got two ways of recording each power measurement from the same ride. So your trainer can record to um, Swift or whichever indoor software you use, and then your crank or power, crank or pedal based power meter can then be uh, uploaded to your Garmin or Wahoo head unit. And, and so we can get two separate files and we can over, I can overlay those files onto a spreadsheet and uh, have a look at um, which one is more accurate. Um, now that isn't comprehensive, which you might have your suspicion on which which power meter is the more accurate one, and that would then you could then then relate that back to a fit to the feeling and go, oh yeah, that one definitely feels that that's more accurate to the other one. So then you could start to explore things with the the power meter that you think is inaccurate. Send a support ticket to uh, to the power meter manufacturer and and take it from there. But the only true way to measure if a power meter is accurate on its on its torque is to do a static torque test. Um, and this is this is the oldest way and the only true when you when you say calibration that is the only way to calibrate and and some people some manufacturers will call that a factory a factory calibration where you you stick a weight onto your your crank axle and you measure it against that as long as that that weight is accurate so that's literally a physical weight like a like a like a brick shaped weight that you could tie on with a piece of string it's a really old school way of doing really it. really old school but is the only way that there's there's many things out there like a, a zero offset that that claim to be a calibration but that's the only way to to truly compare if your torque is accurate mm. that's only one that's only one half of um of the power the the cadence then needs to be accurate as well so let's just wind back a bit richard um how is cadence measured and why is this so important to power so cadence is really important because it is half the measurement of power your, your torque so like the static torque test that i just uh, just explained that that's the torque side of it so that is that is 50 percent of your power measurement okay everybody who's um ever ridden without a power meter and has ridden with cadence will know you have a separate cadence sensor your cadence sensor has to be incorporated into the power meter mm. to, to register as that power measurement. If you think about, you know, how electricity is generated, it's, it's the same watts power, it's the same figure. So that energy that is transferred has always got some degree of speed in it. Yeah. So it's not, it's not static. It's not static. So yeah. the, the speed is, it, it comes from the cadence yeah. or, the, or, the, or the crank velocity, whichever one you want to call it. But we'll cover that in in a second with crank velocity and how that's different from cadence. So how each power meter measures cadence can be quite different. So you, if you look at something, um, some of them that are crank based, like the Shimano one, it has a, a magnet. I think the SRM one does this as well. There's a magnet on the frame and a magnet on the crank. Um, and that's as you would do with the some of the uh, the other separate 
cadence measurements. Uh, some use an accelerometer, uh, which some separate cadence sensors use as well. Um, that can be slightly inaccurate uh, as some of the bumps on the road will, will measure as, as an acceleration with the accelerometer rather than the cadence. So that can be accurate, but that, that is a potential problem. Um, and then the most accurate way that I've found of, of cadence measurement within a power meter is uh, the cadence that's actually measured off points of torque. So you've got the torque measurement uh, and different power meters measure torque uh, through different uh, different amounts of, of points are in the pedal stroke. Some can measure it hundreds of times per pedal stroke, some less than 10 times per pedal stroke, so that each individual point of torque, it will take a, one single measurement, and then it will average that out over one, one second, um, so rather than one pedal stroke. Mm. So this is why um, some of you on coaching package, if I've said to you, uh, make sure you're set, you're, you're recording to one second recording rather than smart recording. Yeah. So smart recording might try and measure a pedal stroke and, and that recording might be uh, two seconds long on some occasions. It might be three seconds long on another occasion. It might be less than a second on another occasion, depending on what your your crank speed and your your cadence is doing. So that, that can be a really inconsistent power measurement. Mm. So that one second recording gives us more consistent readings. So back to the, the the individual points of torque that's measured throughout the crank, the speed in which it goes through those points of torque in the pedal stroke, that will then measure the cadence from yeah. that. Yeah, it, it's there's, there's less uh, things to go wrong with that. There's less external factors to, to go wrong with that so that gives you a much more accurate uh cadence reading and therefore much more accurate power reading to go to go with your your torque reading as well well then how do you go about choosing the right um power meter location for you so yeah power meter location so that's uh if we if we're using a pedal based power meter a crank based power meter spider based um list goes on um crank axle based uh hub based and then you've got um one that's located in your smart trainer as well so this will depend on different people's needs i mean one of the most robust accurate ways is to put is to use the spider because uh, there's less points of other things than um the force that the rider is putting through that there's there's less chance of that being something else that's just that there's there's some other degree of flex that is uh, that is not the rider so that that could give us a, a distorted reading so you get less chance of that with a, sp a spider based power meter um and then pedal power meters can be fairly accurate um and then you've got the crank based ones um uh, they have various degrees of accuracy depending on the brand and the model. So if your power meter is just going to stay on one bike, the uh, mostly the, either the spider-based or crank axle or the, um, the crank-based power meter will, will suit your needs. If you want to swap 
between bikes, uh, then then the, the pedal option will probably be a good one for you. Uh, I like to swap my, my pedal-based power meters over between my my good bike and my uh, a winter bike, uh, and they just sit on each bike for uh, however however many weeks. Um, but that's handy if you need to do to swap them over, and also as well, um, you know, I could put on on my bikes. I could put different power meters, and they could one could just sit on one, and one could just sit on the other because they're having months of use at a time. But then um, it's also uh, gives you far more relevant data over your entire athlete data if you're looking at that number from that same power meter yeah that does have a big impact yeah so brilliant if that's the same make and model even better if it's exact same power meter so is a single single sided power meter recommended and why why is it necessary to upgrade to a to a dual power meter so uh yeah that that again could also fit your needs so uh yeah with a single sided one Brilliant entry point. Uh, so we'll get onto this in a minute with uh, in terms of accuracy of single-sided and cheaper power meters. But as a rule of thumb, I would definitely recommend a single-sided power meter to, to get you into the power meter market if you've uh, if you've been looking into it. It's certainly going to be an upgrade on training on feel or training on heart rate. Yeah, it's a big jump going from no power meter to a power meter, whether that's single or double sided. Yeah, because what what we then gain is you you've got something to track and plan your training. Um, so the the most important thing with with a single sided power meter is take it with a bit of a pinch of salt. That if it's generally nine times out of ten, it's going to be a left sided only, and 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 that. It, power measurement is going to be doubled so bear in mind that your left side might be stronger than your right you don't know until until you test that out with a dual-sided power meter so the most important thing with it with a single-sided power meter is is its accuracy it's going to be yes it's going to be inaccurate to the degree of uh what it's if you if you're looking at it in terms of measuring a, a dual-sided in terms of your total power um, but if it's very, very accurate to just the left side, you've you've then got a tool of, yes, it might be under or over reporting to your total power, but you've got something to to benchmark. Um, as long as when you, if you do go to ju- upgrade to dual sided later on, you take that with a pinch of salt that some of your, your all time best power durations might have come from a, dual, a single sided power meter where your, your power might be um, higher compared to your relative effort. I mean, it, it's generally, it's, it's never anything big. I mean, you know, you're sort of talking maybe, uh, you know, 5% at, at worst. Um, but the, the key the key with that is that it's, the, the readings are consistent. I, I think we touched on um, cadence and why that was important um, to power. Did we, did we touch on that? You did. Or am I going mad? You're going mad. Do you have another question for me? I don't know. Are you sure you didn't want to um, ask about uh, what makes an accurate or inaccurate power meter? We covered that. Are you sure we did? Yeah. Richard, yes. what makes an accurate or inaccurate power meter? I thought you'd never ask. Oh, well. <laughs> well, that leads me on from, well, we covered cadence. So if we're covering the torque side of things. So 
So this is what I was saying with um, with the single-sided power. Make sure it's a, a, a pedal-based one. Inaccuracies can come from what what is what's the foundations of that power meter. So if it's a strain-gauged-based power meter, it need those strain gauges that are measuring that torque. They might be brilliant. They might be super duper accurate, but it's only a power meter when it's actually fixed onto the thing that it's measuring. So there are some crank-based power meters out there that uh, aren't on very solid foundations. But and by that I mean the crank needs to be an integral part of the strain gauges in order to give you consistent readings. So if you've got a hollow crank that is uh, not made by the the power meter company that crank can degrade over time so you can get slowly more inaccurate measurements through time um, there are forces involved with that hollow crank that are not the what called tangential forces which are the forces in which uh, the the relevant forces that the rider is putting into moving the bike forward so that there's there's other factors at play with that that are messing with the mm. the most relevant part of the uh, the measurement. The measurement yeah. um, I'm trying not to name na- name any names here, but <coughs> stages um, is one of those. Uh, so that's why I would say if you're going for a single sided power, please stay clear of crank based ones, um, and only go for a crank based power meter if it's dual sided, and if the strain the power meter manufacturer is making also making the crank and and those two things are at one and this is just based on your recommendation yeah it's based on what i've tested as a rider it's based on lots of data from various different coached riders over the years that have ridden with all these different types of power meters and i've seen where the uh, the accuracies and the inaccuracies are Uh, talking with the power meter companies themselves and where they come from in in their manufacturing process so yeah this is what what we're trying to get to really here and the ultimate aim of this podcast is to just give you some informed uh, choices uh, and how that does actually impact your training and how I'm how I'm coaching and how I'm giving feedback because if we start with something accurate then I, I can properly focus on on the coaching you can then properly focus on on your efforts that that you need to to improve your performance and if you're new to cycling and you haven't had a power meter before um it's just a, a really good way to help you to start with to stay motivated as you see your power increasing and you and you learn um how to control um, the power yeah that's a that's a that's a really good point because um yeah before you know before you get a power meter you you kind of don't know how you are improving uh one of the very first things that i said when I, when I first started coaching you when i first started coaching um you you were sort of saying to me you know how how more advanced i was as a rider at the time and i said to you I don't ever think that I've, it never feels like I've ever improved. So it goes back to that saying again, you you don't, um, what is that saying? (laughs) 
Now it gets easier, you just go faster. But what the power meter shows you over time is where you're you're going, um, well, not just faster, but, but where you're improving. I mean, you could track your speed through time, but then it, it might be showing you, um, you might have started increasing the amount of group rides you've done and the size of those. And you, know, you might be riding into a tailwind one day. It doesn't, doesn't show you how your your relative output has, has improved so much. So let's summarise. Finding the right power meter for you can be really tricky. But if you break it down to how you would use one or more power meters and combine that with the accuracy, you will find the most useful training tool for your needs. If you would like to know which power meters CPT Cycling recommends for accuracy and reliability, then head over to the power meter section on the shop page of the CPT Cycling website. And if you've still got any more questions, then yeah, just don't hesitate to uh, give me an email, richard at cptcycling.co.uk. You can find more on this podcast subject on the CPT Cycling blog. CPT Cycling is here to help you with your training and racing journey. Podcasts can be found at the bottom of the homepage on the CPT Cycling website. Hope you enjoyed this podcast and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, see you on the next one. Thanks for listening.